Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burnt Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content at burntorangenation.com. Before we get started, I'd love to remind you, if you like what we do, please leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a ton with visibility. Share this with your friends, your coworkers, anybody that you know who loves Texas Longhorn sports. We'd love to have you. And obviously, you can interact with us, tweet us at Longhorn Pod on Twitter. You can shoot us an email, longhornrepublicpod at gmail.com. Well, my name is Gerald Goodrich. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by the illest, the realest, the trillest, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? Oh, I have no complaints. Uh, we had some nice weather here in Texas and uh, was pretty excited. Went home to great city of Shirts, Texas, to hop in my parents' recently finished pool. Um, it was about 80 degrees on Friday. I tried to go swim on Saturday. It was instantly 40 degrees um, overnight because that's what happens here, as, as all of our listeners inside the great state of Texas will tell you. Uh, but it was a good opportunity. I haven't in years been able to say, damn, that uh, El Nino. So uh, that was nice. But yeah. yeah. We were we were like 70 and change here on Friday in Oklahoma, and then it snowed on Saturday. Oh, it oh, freaking yikes. snowed. I was like, I was like planning out. I was like, oh, it's it's not super cold. I may still go mow the lawn. And then, legitimately, as I'm putting my pants on, it started to snow. And I'm like, guess guess we'll just have a raggedy lawn for another week because that is not what is going to happen in the slightest bit. It's just ridiculous. All right, so. Let's let's uh, this week we've got a lot for you. We're going to talk a little bit of football. Spring practice is uh, kind of in the thick of things. We've got some injury updates, and we'll talk a little bit of what uh, what we want Texas to work on. Baseball had a very very successful week, uh, and then basketball. We got some news about some tournaments that they'll be playing in next season. Obviously, we'll close the show with some bang the drum. But Kyle, so we are like I said, right in the heat of spring. Practice And one of the things, one of the dangers of spring practice is injuries. And so uh, this past week, Texas had a couple of unfortunate injuries at a position where we're not really sure what the depth is going to look like. So running backs, uh, running back Tristan Houston and Cameron Townsend were both injured in spring practice. Houston hyperextended his knee. They don't know a timetable. And uh, Cameron Townsend, who you may remember a few weeks back, they moved from linebacker to running back to add some more depth. Uh, twisted his ankle, and again, there's not really a timeline for that as well. But ankles are such a weird thing, so it it could be three days, it could be three months. You don't ever know with an ankle. So really, Kyle, we we had Texas running game. No uh, no secrets was a uh, was kind of a struggle last season. You know, Kyle Porter and Chris Warren started the season, didn't really do much. We uh, kind of switched gears and and tried to go younger with it, and then for some depth purposes, Texas obviously moved some people, shifted some people around. Will will the Texas running game moving forward? What do they need to do to get it to where it needs to be to return us to you know what Texas should be doing, which is producing great running backs? Um, I mean the the good thing about this, and and you never want to call an injury a good thing, but I guess the the silver lining in it. Um, is that we still have a couple guys who we've seen be pretty good um, and we hope will continue to improve in sophomores, uh, Daniel Young and Tennille Carter, um, which, again, I'm going to give you one more shout-out. This is it, never again, but Captain and Tennille Carter is, is one of your all-time best. Um, sure. But, uh, you know, having those guys um, 
staying healthy. They had a little bit of some ball security issues, but it seems to be past them. Um, you know, is a good sign. Obviously, there's there's some uh, there's some kids they can't wait to get on get on campus and, and Ingram, who's going to um, instantly slot in and, and be a guy who's going to get some reps. Um, you know, there's always Kirko grinds. If Kirk Johnson, you know, can truly ever be healthy, he's a guy who could slot back in the mix. But you know, you do feel bad for. Um, for uh, Tristan Houston, because that's a guy who Herman really liked. That's a guy who also has had just a litany of injuries and, and a history with this. Um, so having dudes is a good thing in the running back position because you're always going to have some injuries. Uh, having a stable back there is a good thing. You know, you don't necessarily want a running back by committee if you have one guy who just takes over. But the the benefit of that is is you can slot a guy in who can probably get the job done. But the huge, major, unbelievable exclamation point caveat to all that is you need an offensive line. You need an offensive line to open up the holes to to you know allow you can you can put Jamal Charles back there, but if if you're you know if he's getting hit as he takes the handoff uh, or a toss, he's not going to be able to do much. Still, Jamal Charles will probably average like eighty yards again because he's Jamal Charles. Yeah. But you know, uh, it, it's just there's only so much you can do. So all of this, whoever's back there, it's all really caveated on the play of Herb Hand's unit um, this. Uh, this season yeah and the offensive line is kind of like you said the missing link what happened we talked about it at length on the podcast but there is literally no spot on the offensive line from from 2017 that had the same starter all year the closest we got uh, was left guard Pat Vahe uh, started all but one game against Tech he was injured there you know Connor Williams who's supposed to be you know, your cornerstone your foundational guy got injured early didn't play in the bowl game you know, center was just a tire fire for most of the year. Was it Shackelford? Was it CUNY? Yeah. What's happening there? Uh, you know, so the offensive line to me is, is like you said, the big question mark. And the good thing is that you've got a guy like, like Mikey Grandy, who is going to come in Juco transfer, probably going to hold down that right guard spot. Uh, so that's locked up. You've obviously got, um, you know, Calvin Anderson transferring in from Rice, who, you know, Praise the Lord. He's a he's a plug and play guy who has aspirations of playing in the NFL. So you know he's going to come in with a with something to yeah. prove. And so I feel pretty confident about that left side of the line because with with Anderson and Vahe, I think that left side is going to be pretty solid. Uh, you know the other you know the center position I'm still unsure about. Right tackle is it Kerstetter? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but really, you know, having three of the five spots at sixty percent of the offensive line pretty nailed down coming out yeah. of spring practice would, would be a good feeling for me. Uh, it would be a, a better feeling than we've had in, in a few years at, at Texas. We really haven't had a lot of luck, the offensive line, all the way back to like the David Ash years when it's just like, wow, we're really thin. We can't have an injury. Oh, everyone's injured. Okay. Okay, great. Um, we're playing We're playing high school juniors now. Um, you know, just like <laughs> it, it, it's just been terrible for a few years, the luck. Um, and, and not, of course, recruiting and stocking that cabinet. Um, but I do like what, what – Coach Hand is going to do with cross training a lot of these guys because uh, more than a depth chart, making a depth chart right now, especially this early in spring, is a little bit futile. Again, there will be injuries. There will be things, unfortunately, that happen. There will be just some changes that we don't see coming. Um, there will be guys who, who shine who maybe we didn't see it. Um, but, you know, uh, you have like guys like Kerstetter who, who are taking snaps at center as well. Um, you know, stuff like that is, is great. I, I don't know. Um, 
you know, if, if Shaq has that has that locked down, but you know, hopefully we see huge steps from him. Um, I think you're right that that left side of the line is certainly more sure. And we saw what you can do um, when we had a healthy Connor Williams and Vahe on that left side of the line. You can just abuse it. Um, you can go run behind uh, that side with with two really competent run blockers, and hopefully, uh, again in the passing game, he could keep uh, keep the shirts clean. Um, so I, I think at least having that locked down, and if we could really get some consistency at that center play, having that gives you an avenue maybe the defense keys up for it but fine like they have to come and beat you and, and if you have guys who are doing their job I mean there there's some interesting guys like like Elijah Rodriguez and and uh, Cosme and Okafor you know just some just some interesting guys to see where they end up what their trajectory is um you know I I do think that the Grandy Kerstetter is probably my at least thoughts on a projected starting on the right side but don't forget Big Daddy Hudson over there um coming back from injury as well and just looking like a man who was dropping his kids off at practice when he played with the rest of the offensive line last year just looking like a grown grown man like a Leonard Davis you know uh, 20 years ago just a just a big nasty beast of a man who just like would pick running backs up and set them in the end zone for touchdowns so um, I would love to see him even maybe get uh, get some looks and, and if not instantly being a starter knowing that we have talent and again if we can stay injury free i'm knocking on whatever wood is near where i'm recording here just keeping depth at this at this spot would be huge and and again the cross training that uh herb hand is doing is going to make it hopefully easier so that you know we can go an entire season and have some semblance i mean if you listen back to the old podcast with coach coach die talking just about um the importance of knowing the guy next to you and what he's going to do and kind of that, not even the communication, but just the intuitiveness that you know what he does next to you. Um, so having that continuity and consistency, if we can really get that with the talent that I think is starting to pool up in this position, then I think this could be at least a, a you know, a net neutral or maybe even a position uh, group of strength for us uh, this season and in the coming seasons with some of the talent coming in. Yeah, and you mentioned depth. I mean, you've got a guy like Topa Mate who – was a big name coming out of high school. He was a you know, yep. three-star guard, you know, top, top 10 guy in the state of Texas. So there is a lot of depth there. There's a ton of depth. Uh, you know, you talked about Kerstetter. Um, Urdikas, you know, was yep. was a guy who played all over the line, yep. who maybe didn't necessarily uh, – he was a young guy. He was a freshman. Yeah. That was he the got thing, pressed is, early. Yeah, yeah. You, you got him. You've got Pat Hudson, who was a freshman last year as well. You know, who Pat Hudson does not look like a freshman. <laughs> Air quotes. Um, yeah, but he can't. You know, that's what you can't change his classification, even if he looks like he's a grown <laughs> man. Uh, so, but I, I am. If you could see this offensive line with again, like off tackle left, looks like the play for me this year. Like yeah. you've yeah. got, you've got. Anderson, you've got Vahe, and then you've got a guy like probably Reese Laytow or, you know, Cade Brewer blocking out on somebody. And you give me, I, I will take Tennille Carter or Kyle Porter in it, any any of the running backs. Kyle Porter, Tennille Carter, Kirk Johnson. If that, if that guy is healthy, Kirk Johnson's going to be a monster. That uh, dude is wait. a... That dude is an Instagram fitness model. If you're not yes. if you're not following him on the gram, that dude will make your uh, your legs look like uh, twigs. Like his biceps are just nasty. But anywho, like <laughs> I would take any Texas running back in the open field against a, a defensive back one on one. I just I I would love to see that. So I, I feel good about it. Well, to tie it back a little bit when we were talking the passing game with this line, um, I I think. 
I think a Tim Beck offense and I think a Tom Herman offense has a certain level of misdirection and kind of kind of trickery and and getting the hot guy the ball, um, you know, just getting his hands and let him make plays. So you might also have some of the little Jordan um, LJH or, or getting getting. Um, Duvernay, maybe some balls uh, on reverses, or, or even you know again the short screen pass that's like an extended run game, but just opening up more things. I think the the line also limited the playbook last year, where mm-hmm. even when we did try some some trickeration, you know sometimes the uh, opposing defensive ends or tackles just wandered in and waited for the play to come back, you know, and they just made the tackle since they were standing seven yards uh, in in our backfield. So you know having that not be the case. Um, I think opens it up to where even if we don't have necessarily our top three running backs at the ready, if we have some combination of of you know Carter and Young or, or some someone there, that just having the ability with that line to have um, another second in the drop back and, and you know stretch the defense on their heels with the type of speed that we have that opens up the underneath uh, draw game, um, you know s- setting in some of the reverses or the um, type of more RPOs or option looks, you know uh, getting. Getting, uh, if it's Ellinger, who's our quarterback, a chance to have, you know, seven guys dropping back uh, because he's been, you know, throwing deep balls or, or spreading the ball around. And then he can get 12 yards and slide before he has contact. Great. Use those legs, you know, but don't be forced to. So I think uh, I think having a healthy offensive line is the key that literally unlocks everything else. Yeah, you mentioned those those short passes, those bubble screens. Those are basically run plays in this offense or any spread mm-hmm. offense at this point. So yeah. being able to get those out cleanly is is of the utmost importance. Uh, so we're going to move from, from football to baseball, something that's actually in season. So after a I'll – just, I'll just say it. After a tough week of, uh, of football, we got a really good week – from the baseball team in Texas, uh, managed to win its midweek matchup. We mentioned those. Uh, they had a win over McNeese State and the uh, the Corpus Aggies uh, in the middle of the week on Monday and Wednesday. And then they had a three-game series with the Baylor Bears. Texas won 9-5 to on Friday. They shut them out on Saturday. Two nil, and then Sunday four to one. It was like three to it was like two to nothing when I turned the game off because it was just going so fast, and you know I wanted to spend some time with my family this afternoon. It felt like they had it in hand, but they completed this the weekend sweep uh, with a four one win over Baylor on Sunday. So Kyle, Texas feel it feels a little different than it may have even just a week ago. So what what looked what was the key for you? As Texas kind of seemed to turn a corner a bit uh, and and string together a pretty impressive series of wins. Yeah, so so Texas did some really important things this week that we all like to see. They beat a team from Louisiana in McNeese State. That's not been their their strength recently. Um, they beat a Texas A and M team, which is also you know just a good thing to happen. They uh, they beat uh, Tamuk, but uh, you know started over kind of the we'll say the lighter the lighter portions of the schedule and look good. Um, and then heading to a weekend with Baylor, who's not a, a dynamite powerhouse team, but is a Big 12 team, is a uh, legit team that, that has some decent pitching. Their, their bats haven't really been great this year, but um, has some decent players and needed to do what they needed to do. And they really did. They came in um, and they swept the the Bears uh, with, with a convincing kind of offense and defense. 
that we'd been looking to see. I think the defense really turned a corner in this series. Uh, Texas pitching looked good, but they were bailed out um, many times by spectacular defensive play. And this is a team that has talent on that side of the ball, and they've been okay this season, uh, but really haven't been elite. Um, and if they can kind of turn the corner, um, then that's going to be a huge, huge part of this team because the, the, the pitching, as we said, um, can be hot or cold. And, and sometimes when you're a pitcher, you just need one out, one big diving catch, one, one double play out of nowhere, one kind of thing to get that momentum to get you a little bit hot. Um, you know, to just get that faith and that confidence that you have the guys behind you where you can throw your balls and if they put a bat on it, you're still going to be okay. Um, I mean, honestly, truly, you saw that with, with the Astros in the, in the playoffs this last year is you just get a couple defensive plays and all of a sudden your pitching becomes v- from very good to an elite level. So um, I think, you know, using this as a, as a boost is going to be important because the week ahead uh, is a doozy. Um, Texas goes on the road for, for a couple key matchups. So this is a big rivalry week for baseball. So I hope everyone tunes in um, to watch these games. But they, they go Tuesday to, to College Station to take on, you know, the other Dirty Water Aggies. But, uh, the, the you know, the, the ones in the greater Bryan College Station. Uh, <laughs> and that's never a fun trip that any Longhorn wants to make. So, um they're doing that and then getting the heck out of there as soon as they can. But then the weekend they turn around and have to go to Norman, Oklahoma, which again, if you told me two places that I never were to go again in my life, those would be my first two picks. But, uh, you know, Aggies are just in the kind of others receiving vote just outside the top 25 and the Sooners are the number 19 team, um, in the, uh, in the country. And actually I believe are undefeated in big 12 play so far. So they've gotten off to a really hot start. Um, so this is a big, big week for Texas. Of course, getting a win at the Aggies, um, is going to be good. Um, but I think the one I'm really, really looking to is they can get a series win against the Sooners and kind of take control uh, of the big 12. Um, then that, that to me is a win for this week. Um, you know, they've, they've, after, you know, what you heard me kind of with Kansas State and um, lamenting where was this team at, where was their heart at, where was their head at, um, they've gone on and they've truly won 13 of their last 16. So they've been in a pretty good spot. Um, now it's taking that momentum and capitalizing it and making it a a trend to, to end the season, to, to really um, kind of kind of go strong into this and go strong into tournament play. And um, like I said, they need a number next to their name. They deserve it. They have guys like... Cody Clemens, who, you know, hit his ninth home run against the Bears and just is crushing the ball. He's just seen it so well. Uh, he leads the Big 12 in home runs and, and just is an RBI machine. Um, you know, they have guys who, who are playing lights out. They have some pitchers who, you know, when they're on, are ne- nearly unhittable. So if they can just string this together, get the consistency we're looking for, play the defense that they look like they're starting to play, um, and just come in and put teams out. You know, don't 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 play around. Don't don't let them let them hang around. Just you know, get up three or four runs, uh, and then just start shutting them down. I, I would take a couple a couple more four to one wins or, or two to zero wins. Um, you know, when we when we're putting teams out uh, quickly, I, I like that. So you know, I. I feel pretty good, and this week I think will be a big tell for where Texas baseball stands right now and where they end the season. Yeah, it's it is a it's a tough stretch. Like, there's no two ways around it. I mean, you've got A and M, who even if they aren't good, playing A and M is is just a tough is a tough game. And then going to Norman to play OU, they are really good at home. They are undefeated in conference play at home, and they're on the season 19 and 5 
at home, which is just absolutely nuts. Uh, they did lose. They actually just lost to TCU this weekend. So they, awesome. they lost one game uh, in conference play. They had a like TCU had like a ninth inning explosion to, to beat them. So that's that's what happened there. But yeah, eight, eight and one in conference play is still a really really good record. Well, and 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 just to you know jump on that real quick that you you said OU is good at home. So is Texas, and unfortunately Texas has not been great on the road. No. Um, and these are these are two teams that they have to go face on the road, and you don't want to lose to in their home hometown home field. So th- this will be like I said, this will reveal if Texas can get that. That's the last question mark for me. If they can get some some road momentum, then I think this team I think this team has enough gravitas to do something. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be interesting. Even if they can go, like, even if they can pick up three of the four, maybe even I don't want them to lose the series against OU. If they lose to A and M and sweep the series against OU, I feel really good. If they can, you know, if they pick up two against OU and one against A and M, I'm feeling really good. Great, you know, yeah. even even a fifty fifty split over the next four games, I'm feeling pretty solid about about what happens, but obviously yeah. you want them to, you want them to come away with the, with the series win, but you know, you, you don't always get what you want. Uh, so quickly, uh, we're not going to talk a ton about this, but uh, Texas basketball actually got an invite to play in the continental tire, Las Vegas international uh, to start the 2018, 2019 season. They're going to join uh, some college basketball, blue bloods, Michigan state, North Carolina and UCLA as, uh, as some of the, the highlights of this uh, early season tournament. Now, Texas did not have great fortunes in their early season tournament to start the 2017, 2018 season, but hopefully they can get, get some things started in the, uh, in the seven or the 18, 19 series. Cause we're not necessarily sure what that team's going to look like next year. Yeah. It's going to be a tough start for sure. You're tested right away, but Hey, I, I love the trend we're seeing. And I've said it a few times on this podcast, but the strength of schedule, play the best teams, play the best teams in the country in every sport, um, let that always be a factor in Texas that, you know, if they're tied at the end of the season, that we will always win the strength of schedule battle. And just, you know, give your teams a little bit of metal, knowing that they've gone through the fires. And also, if you lose in the beginning of the season, those are things that can be overcome. So I'm all for it. Yeah, it's better to lose early than it is to lose late. And always you know, getting to cut your teeth early on against three probable tournament teams, never a bad, especially when you're really going to be really young in the backcourt. You've yeah. got to you've got to cut your teeth early on. But that brings us to the part of the show where we honor our favorite tradition, or one of our favorite traditions on the 40 Acres, and we bang the drum. Big Bertha. So Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week? I don't know if you heard that. I was kind of Matthew McConaughey right there. I was banging my favorite drum. I was banging my own chest, tooting my own horn, um, you know, just, just riding for, for my number one which is myself. Um, I <laughs> hate to say I told you so, but I love nothing more than to, to reference that I told you. He doesn't actually um, that, hate t- saying that. <laughs> um, Doug Gim was the the low amateur at the Masters this weekend, um, and you know there was there was a couple contenders who could have had that. Um, I liked his chances, but there is actually uh, the, the kid who was second, and I'm blanking on his name right now, but he basically was waiting. He's been just destroying some of the international tournaments, and he was waiting uh, so that he could uh, qualify as an amateur and play the Masters as an amateur. Um, and then he's like going to announce this week that he's going pro. So um, it was a little bit, not I want to say unfair, but you know the difference in amateurism of that versus you know a true senior who's now going back to, to pretty soon Big 12 tournament 
play and, and you know, going to compete back in college again, a true amateur. Um, it's awesome. And he had some fantastic shots. I mean, it's a difficult, difficult course that is as it's as hard to play with your clubs as it is with your mind. It's a mental course that just stretches you. You see guys like Phil Mickelson, who, um, you know, ended up like a plus, you know, whatever it was, seven um, tiger. You know, you, you see guys who've played it so many times. They should know this thing like a back of their hand, but they it, it breaks you. It's a very tough course. It's very tight. It's it's just um, the pressure of, of the moment in it um, should make a, you know, 21-year-old kid wilt. But but Doug Gim almost wire to wire with the low amateur, especially after he finished the first hole on, on Thursday or the first, excuse me, uh, 18 um, by eagling. The first eagle of the Masters was, was our own Doug Gim. Um, but, uh, you know, and then, and then he birdied 18 to finish it out. Just a really strong finish. Um, the guy looks like he's got a future and I love to see that. Um, he, uh, you know, he had the benefit of, of playing some practice rounds with some guys who've been there. We have a lot of Longhorns who've played before and, and who got to be there and he's just had a chance to see the course and he wasn't intimidated by it, which I love. Um, and just to give a quick, you know, pivot shout, but, uh, Jordan Spieth, Started out hot. I thought this was his. I thought we were going to nail another prediction that we'd get that that fourth green jacket. But um, you know, then had a couple rough days, but almost uh, missed a, a very easy, especially given his day birdie on on eighteen uh, on Sunday that would have tied the course record for lowest round ever, um, and would have been a nine shot comeback, um, which would be the greatest ever. Um, you know, he, he ended up, of course, not winning, but just the the fight to get back in it. Uh, he's a guy who you're going to be looking over your shoulder for the next 15, 20 years. Um, if he's not leading, he's going to be coming for the lead. And I love to see that. He's got the mentality uh, as well as the game. And when he really gets it turned on, I think he's going to have uh, dozens of, of, of future future uh, major tournament victories uh, to speak of after this one. Just just the start of a really, really bright Longhorn career. And I'm really hoping that, that our, our next, young, uh, next young starlet in the Texas golf tradition – uh, Doug Gim can uh, can take us there, and hopefully we still have time. Hopefully can can do something in the uh, the national championship scene with a pretty strong Longhorn team. Yeah, you know, Doug Gim finished two strokes better than two professional golfers, and one stroke behind, like a guy like VJ Singh, who was one of the top golfers in the world for for a year or so. Uh, it's just cool to see him, like you know, Doug Gim's caddy is his dad. So that's also cool to as a you know as a parent to to get to see your son do something like that to get this honor you know that he he made the cut that's the first uh, qualification to receive the award and then you know to to get to play at Augusta National is just an honor in and of itself so it's really cool and then like you mentioned Jordan Spieth like that was I was I was pulling for him. I'm not even a golf watcher, but I turned the Masters on, and I was like, "All right, come on, Jay, let's do something." So I was excited yeah. to see that. Uh, so my uh, my bang the drum. So Vince Young, you know, everybody, anybody that has ever watched a sport probably knows that name. Uh, was inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame this uh, this past weekend, and that's a you know that's kind of understandable. Anybody that's been around Texas sports can makes makes sense. But the three ladies that he was also the three Longhorns that went into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame with him, I I don't want to shy over 
their accomplishments as well. Um, so Nell Fortner, uh, Kathy Self Morgan, and Jill Starkle are the three that join him as uh, as inductees in the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. So Nell Fortner is was a two sport letterman at Texas. So I means she played both uh, significant amounts in both sports. She was uh, has the the fourth highest all time scoring total in women's basketball with a uh, fourteen hundred and sixty six points um, and was part of the first Texas basketball team to be uh, ranked nationally. She also was on a national championship volleyball team as a sophomore, which is kind of a big deal. You know, um, Kathy Self Morgan as a basketball player and coach made a name for herself. You know, she is actually in the National High School Girls Basketball. Uh, she won the Coach of the Year uh, for both national and uh, national high school and just women's basketball coaches overall uh, several, a couple years back. So she's obviously made a name for herself. Uh, and then Jill Sterkel, um won a gold medal. In the Olympics, so their their accomplishments. I do not want those to be overshadowed. As much as I love Vince Young, and I will sit down and watch that Rose Bowl game a thousand times, and <laughs> I use Rose Bowl as a verb. Like yes. it is, it, it is good to celebrate. But also, I it is good to celebrate the accomplishments of people not named Vince Young, especially these ladies that are kind of trailblazers for Texas athletics. I mean, they did some amazing things as Longhorns and and just as athletes overall. So I do not want to gloss over their accomplishment. So congratulations to all four of them for uh, having their names enshrined in the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah, and they they really laid the foundation for Texas being what it is today, which of course is a women's sports and a co-ed swimming and diving dynastic school. Yes, yes. We've said it before, we say it again. Texas is both a women's sports and a swimming and diving school. But that is all we've got for you this week. Before we go, Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the internet? I'm on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter, and uh, you can always find me in the mentions now tweeting uh, nearly daily at, at Fuddruckers, official home of the world's greatest hamburger, on their own baked fresh daily sesame top buns, and in your face fresh produce bar. They cook it, you top it at Fuddruckers. That was a great read that we're not getting paid for. I really appreciate that. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodrich. Interact with the show on Twitter. We are at Longhorn Pod. Shoot us an email, longhornpublicpod at gmail.com. And subscribe wherever you find your podcast, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Tune in. But again, we are not on Spotify because Spotify won't return my emails. How to get that in. Thank you guys so much for listening in again. And until next time, hook up. Welcome. We miss you, Lexi, son. <laughs> <laughs>